podcast, I bring back one of my very favorite guests and favorite people. Uh, Amanda, I would like you to introduce yourself mm-hmm. and what you do here and your favorite ice cream flavor. Ice cream flavor? Yeah. That's where, okay. Um, I'm Amanda Kennecke. I'm the esthetician here at Watershed Wellness. The only esthetician. Yeah. Yep. We don't um, need anymore. We don't need You're anymore. The best. Yeah. I mean, we will eventually. Yes, that's true. Uh, I've been practicing aesthetics here for a long time. How long? Long time. Um, Years. 2015. Wow. Yes. Uh, and you've been practicing aesthetics in general since? Since 2006 is when I got licensed. Woo! It's a long time. That is a long time. Pretty okay. much like out the gate, I turned 21. You were like, I'm doing this. Ran out of beauty school with my certificate and did the darn thing. Amazing. <laughs> uh, favorite ice cream flavor? Yes, come on. It can be, and also, uh, just for anyone in the crowd, this could be uh, a nut milk ice cream or any other kind. It doesn't have to be dairy. So. Oh, sure. Okay. Just, that gets, I have two be... separate answers then. Okay. Okay. Uh, traditionally, Spumoni, because you can pick mm-hmm. your chocolate or your cherry or pistachio. I'm a pistachio girl. Okay. Um, some people may hate this, but vanilla, I think, is my very favorite ice cream flavor because you can put anything on that's top right. of it. And yes, that's Cus- true. Customization for everyone. That's true. And that's a, an important feature of <laughs> facials, which is uh, not what we were planning on talking about. That was but, a beautiful segue. Yeah, do you like that? Um, <laughs> so uh, we were talking before we started recording about what we were going to chat about. And I do think uh, let's start out with the last thing you talked about and just say, like, um, you know, what... I mean, you've been doing this for a long time. You've been doing this for how many years is that? 16 years or something like that? Yeah. So in any profession, in any situation, it you can get bored. And so what keeps you inspired? Like what, what keeps you engaged in this practice that you've been doing for so long? Well, know? I will say I've kind of run the gamut of aesthetics. So I started out doing makeup. That got kind of boring, and that industry has changed so much, you know. I kind of cut my teeth with waxing, which gets messy, um, and then decided I liked the holistic side of aesthetics more, mm-hmm. um, and then I found you guys, mm-hmm. and here we are. And so what keeps it interesting? I We had chatted about that a little bit. Uh, it's what my clients are bringing to the table. Like, I, I don't have a practice unless people are giving me conditions and concerns to work with. Right, right. So, so the, just kind of the variety of folks that come and the different stories they have and... and... Yeah. Uh, you know, and I've also, we've talked about a little bit about this before, but being able to cross over um, with the Chinese medicine practitioners. Mm-hmm. So I have people coming in with um, conditions that they are being seen for on a medical side. Uh, I have people that I see that have come to me from a dermatologist. Mm -hmm. Um, Dermatologists don't typically do facials. And so if people went in to go see a dermatologist and wanted extractions, which, you know, is popping your zits, or had something that was a little more baseline that a dermatologist doesn't do, they would send them to an esthetician. Right. So... Right. Yeah. And um, we, another thing we were talking about. So so I get, you know, and I think that's true for most medical providers that at first what kind of carries you through is like continuing to learn the skills. And it's kind of like still really interesting because you're still like thinking about everything you do. You know, it's you're, it's not quite muscle memory yet. And then as you as you go, I think you can kind of let go of the skill set for a minute and just focus on the people or the, the material that you're working on. So that 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 makes a lot of sense to me. Um, one thing that we were talking about though is, you know, we're in Astoria, Oregon here, a small town in a rural area. And, um, 
one of the one of the things that's interesting about being in rural healthcare is that you end up doing a lot more than what you might have done in a more urban environment, right? So we were talking about the fact that it's hard to get in to see a dermatologist out here. Like I, I actually, I actually have an appointment that's like in October or something. Yeah. And 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 so you have you seen that people coming in like to talk to you about things that they might otherwise talk to a dermatologist about? Or? Absolutely. Uh, so people coming in that, well, and we were talking about that too. I uh, have a dentist appointment and I think it's for November. And that was the first <laughs> available appointment. And, you know, and not for nothing, our office is busy too. I mean, yeah, no, it's true. most people here are booked out like two to three months and, yeah. you know, that's why we're always looking for more practitioners. Yes. Yes. If there are any massage therapists in the audience, <laughs> we, we need, we need you. Please call us. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, Yes, people coming in uh, with conditions that they might be seeing a dermatologist for. Now, to say I am not a dermatologist and that's not my medical scope of practice. Of course. But I have people coming in uh, that have sensitive skin or conditions that look like rosacea or weird congestion that they can't seem to get rid of. And I know you guys talk about that a lot in Chinese medicine, like weird somethings that don't ever go away. Yeah. you know, how you guys are able to treat that too. Yeah. Yeah. And again, like not, uh, I do want to emphasize, like not to say that you're acting as a dermatologist, but just to say that, that just like for an acupuncture, you know, we have people who might otherwise have gotten a referral to an orthopedic surgeon and maybe they have been referred to an orthopedic surgeon, but they're not going to see them for six months Mm -hmm. or eight months. And in the meantime, they want to know what they can do. And so I think it's probably similar. Like somebody might have gone to a dermatologist, but their appointment's not there. So they're like, oh, I'll just talk to them. It's true. Uh, And the referrals come from all over town too, or all over the coast, really, you know, um, people that are referred to this clinic for many things. Uh, It's funny with the facials. People... Uh, who come in for that treatment are always pleasantly surprised because they didn't know what to expect. Right. Like the idea of a facial usually conjures up an image of like a spa or a beauty salon. And those are all wonderful places to get a facial. But um, I think it's a surprise for people when they come in here and experience a treatment. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And we could talk about that too. I mean, I guess we've already on on video, we've talked a little bit about what goes into a facial, but I want to go back to, so the inspiration piece um, you know, like, again, like having one of the cool things about being in this area is we see, well, we see a lot of folks and we see, I would say more severe things, uh, you know, certainly on the acupuncture side, I mm-hmm. see more severe pathology, um, than, than I ordinarily would because partly because of what we were just talking about, mm-hmm. that there's not a heck of a lot of practitioners out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but you and I were talking about some of the types of folks you've been seeing out here. And one of the things that you've developed recently is more more outreach towards teenagers. And so I, I'm just curious, like, what are you seeing? And like, how has that been uh, inspiring, I guess, or energizing for you? Well, I'll tell you when you think about a teen coming in for a facial, like, what was your biggest concern when you were a teen for skincare? Oh, I was going to say I- <laughs> money. Not who your favorite band uh, yeah. was. <laughs> um, well, usually, a- usually yeah. acne. Yeah. Yep. Right. And so um, I have a handful of adolescents who are coming in to be treated for acne. But then I just have a few adolescents coming in who have their parents coming with them Mm. who just want to get their kids started into good skin habits, Mm. which was refreshing to me. I mean, acne was my biggest concern as a teen. And it doesn't look like it now, but I had major breakouts, Mm -hmm. you know, in my, like, teens up until, like, my freshman year of high school. Um, So it's kind of cool to be treating both the traditional teen woes of congestion and breakouts and acne, but also just treating teens who want to get into good 
health habits. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's like, I, yeah. What, what a wonderful thing for a parent to do, you know? Um, I, I wonder, do you find with teens that they have a lot of questions? Is there a lot of talking? Because I know that, like, I, I walk by the treatment rooms and sometimes you can hear that there's conversation going on. And, like, it's clear that your clients come to rely on you for uh, information and for advice about stuff to do. And, and if it's anything like my practice, even concerns beyond, you know, like, they just like to have that rapport. But I've found that the teens in my practice tend to be quieter. They tend to ask fewer questions. Have you noticed that? I think that's true in general for any any service involving teens yeah. like I've had conversations with my friends who do hair before and when they're doing teen haircuts yeah, it's they just sit there in the chair they don't <laughs> yeah, say anything yeah, yeah. Um, you know what I do I tell the parents uh, when the kids come in for facials I tell them I like to keep the conversation going um, having uh, what is traditionally known as kind of an intimate service like that can feel a little awkward to somebody who's younger and sure. has not had a service like that so I tell them I like to keep the conversation going and I ask them questions about their skin lifestyle, kind of like what their like day-to-day activities are, uh, which also in a way is empowering in itself. I mean, like kids don't often get asked like what's going on with their lives and, sure. you know, so get it's nice. seriously by an adult. Exactly. <clears throat> yeah. So it starts like that. So yeah, I would say about like 70% of the time there's a good conversation going on. I have uh, a 13-year-old boy who comes in and uh, we used to talk a lot during his facials and he told me recently he said you know i really just like to come in and relax like for the massage yeah. portion i'm like yeah you got it i mean yeah and i think that is an interesting thing because teens i mean i don't know if it's worse now than it used to be but like there's a lot of stress and like i do think that like Rela- learning to intentionally relax is something you come to often later in life after you've like had a stress breakdown or, or something like that. And to like get into a habit of actual self care at a young age, like you just have to believe that's going to have positive benefits in multiple ways. I was right? stoked on it. I'm like, uh, you are here to relax. And that is like the primary purpose yeah. of a traditional facial. Yeah, it's so cool. <laughs> yeah. And so are you doing anything different with them? Like, is there anything different about the facial? So it's a shorter facial. It's okay. 45 minutes. Uh, it usually includes extractions, uh, which, you know, as we know, is popping zits or acne, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I let them know if they've got a pain threshold to tell me when they want to tap out. And I try to keep those short and sweet. But it's really meant to focus on a basic cleansing, exfoliating, okay. moisturizing routine. So there's less massage. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, and it's a little more, I mean, all my facials are intentional, but this one is a little more... Um, mechanically structured uh which cuts it down to 45 minutes and uh i try to explain some of the steps as we're walking through cool yeah and um are there any is it mostly parent-led or are there any folks who are coming in just on their own i would say it's mostly parent-led Interesting. i've got somebody new on my books tomorrow and it was a gift certificate from their aunt i think cool and so uh i guess not i have one teen who came in and he had had a sleepover at his buddy's house, and he had to go do baseball or something, so he gave it to his friend. Oh. But I, had, I was like, does your mom know you're getting a facial? Like, <laughs> let's talk about, like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like minor consent first. Let's, yeah, let's make, let's make sure. Cool. Cool. Anything else about that? Like, about, I mean, or anything, like, I don't know how many teens are really listening to our podcast, but anything, you know, any, any wisdom for them? Any wisdom for the yeah. teens. Yeah, come on. Wash your face before you go to bed. Yeah. Wash your face before you go to bed. <laughs> yes. And take makeup off, right, before you go to bed. That was... Take your makeup off before you go to bed. 
I don't know. Like, I don't. Teens are wearing makeup, I guess. Are yeah, they? Yeah, I, I guess. I, I, yeah, I'm a little out of touch. I'm behind sorry. The, behind the times. <laughs> behind the times. Um, okay. Okay. Cool. That's. I mean, I think that's great. And you do have a spec. There's a teen facial, right, on the on the Ooh, menu. Thanks for asking. Yeah, the foundation's facial is okay. on the service menu. Okay. And that's for ages 10 to 19. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we'll it, we'll put a link to that up and. Um, and, you know, I think if there's any follow-up questions, especially from teens, because that would be a really cool feature, I think, on the podcast if we could just answer some questions. <gasps> I um, would love you know, that. So, like, send, send them along, and, and we'll send them along to, to Amanda. And even if we don't put it on a podcast, we could always put it out on social or, or something like that. Um, so so that's cool. Um, another uh, demographic, and, and we didn't talk about this beforehand, but it's I, I just think like one of the things as I was telling you that I really value about your practice and what I've learned about skincare like I didn't do nothing about skincare before you started practicing with this and one of the things I valued about your practice is its kind of diversity and and your your interest in not just doing the traditional facial for the traditional demographic so mm-hmm. teens a good example um, but also men you know and so have you been getting much of that here on the on the north coast we talked about it a while back mm-hmm. but it, mm-hmm. it, more and more coast. lately i thought i had three men on my books huh. last week yeah um it's usually no that's not true i was gonna say it's usually somebody who books it for them right uh but that's not true the last couple times it's been men who have reached out to me um, the biggest question with a men's facial is, are you able to work with somebody who has a beard grain? Oh, yeah. The answer to that question is yes. Interesting. That area doesn't get a ton of attention. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many men are taking a brush and dry brushing their beard. None. At the end of the day. <laughs> Precisely zero. Yeah. It's a, uh, that facial looks and feels different. If you were to be a fly on the wall and watch me do like, um, traditional facial versus a men's facial yeah. uh the manip- the massage manipulations are a little different because i have to work around the beard grain right uh but the results are infinite yeah okay so uh just to wrap up here another uh group of folks that you have some experience with and is kind of a little bit of a specialty here at the clinic is um people who either have recently experienced or are currently undergoing treatment for cancer um, so you just want to talk a little bit about that, like what your experience has been and, and what it's been like? Yeah. And I think uh, I had never really uh, dealt with oncology and aesthetics before. But like you said, it's kind of a specialty here at the clinic. And we have, I mean, I think all the practitioners have ample experience with some dealing experience, with yeah, some sure. sort of like oncology like treatment. Uh, and I think that's why I was able to um, get so many people in my treatment room who mm-hmm. were undergoing like active or, you know, are in remission mm-hmm. for some sort of cancer. Uh, we have a wonderful in-house, um, uh, we have an LMT who used to teach uh, oncology massage. Yes. And so uh, all of the practitioner, well, most of us were able to take a class last year and it made me kind of examine my aesthetics practice and what I could be doing to better support somebody who is going undergoing treatment. Yeah. Uh, there's just lots of things to remember and to be careful of right? when you have somebody who's coming in for a treatment like that. Yeah. Especially given the massage that you do and in the area that you do it and stuff like 100%. that. 100%. What, what do you, I mean, is that the kind of thing you have to change or what have you noticed that you've 
Yeah, well, uh, the skin is more delicate, too, mm. depending on what kind of treatment they're undergoing. Sure. There are yeah. certain peels I can't do, right. extractions I can't do, certain areas I can't work on. Recently, I was working with somebody who is stage 4 esophageal cancer. Oh, yeah. Um, and, I mean, the neck is an area that I work on. Of course. Pretty much exclusively during a facial. So yeah. having to kind of resort and refit yeah. how a treatment looks for that person, uh, depending on where they're at in treatment, you know, like they could be in remission. And so I really just have to ask the questions during the consultation, right. like how is everything going with your treatment? Right. Like where are you at and what do I need to know? And it can just be generalized, right. um, you know, down to something more specific, like areas that I need to stay away from. Sure. Um, you know, some people have ports uh, that I need to stay yeah. away from. Totally. And then, like you said, like if somebody has, you know, cancer of the head or the neck or throat, then you're probably going to either want to avoid it or, you know. Well, and both chemotherapy and radiation can completely change, uh, like, the texture. I mean, it changes all the systems, but it can completely change the texture of the skin. And so, um, yeah, I just think about, like, people going in to get, like, a a facial or some sort of like beauty treatment somewhere else where like somebody doesn't have an awareness around that. Right. So I'm like super happy to be able know. to bring that knowledge to the table here. Yeah. And what, a you know, like we were talking about with teens, um, you know, and I think it is something people don't know even now. Um, and even me, sometimes I forget that like whether it's massage or acupuncture, but especially with facials, it really is a deeply uh, relaxing and kind of like, I <laughs> I'm going too far here. So, but like, like kind of an emotionally detoxing, like it can be, you know, that just that it's different for me personally, uh, getting a facial than getting massage because for me, massage has this very medical context, right? Like I have these very specific things I want freed up. Whereas, and and I know that's not everybody's experience with massage, but when I'm getting a facial, even though I know there's all kinds of cool stuff going on, it's like, it is very deeply nourishing in that, in that way of like, I'm really taking care of myself. And you can imagine going through radiation or chemo or something like that, how important it is to do that. Um, So, so I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure that's one of the big benefits too, not just like you know, altering the quality of the skin, but just really giving people that care. I did. I had somebody who, um, who was not an oncology client, um, or patient, uh, who was in my room recently, um, and was obviously going through some like traumatic, like life experience. Yeah. Seems to be the norm these days. It is. That we're in like the middle of, you know, everything, everything, like all things. Yeah. All the things. (laughs) Uh, and if she was on the verge of some sort of emotional breakdown, and I told her, I was like, there have been so many tears in this room. Yeah. Like, it seems to be a natural thing when you're getting, like, a, an intimate emotional service like that. Yeah. And people don't realize that they're holding on to things. Yeah. And I think people, I mean, that's a good way for us to wrap up here is just to say, like, you know, this is a this is a t- hard time. And whether it's this time or another time, we all go through hard times in our life. And I think sometimes people want to avoid getting treatment because they're worried about having a big emotional release. So. But, like, every single person at this clinic has either been has been the person on the table having that reaction and has been supporting multiple people and like nobody should ever avoid service you know for that reason because they're worried about it being embarrassed or something like that so yeah that's that's really important any any like uh either on that or anything else just while we're wrapping up we're approaching the 20 minute mark so anything anything no i think that's good i think that this, this clinic is a good place and um for letting people coming in like you said with yeah. um things that they didn't feel like they could be seen for or yeah. like were too shy to come in about. And yeah. so I'm looking forward to a summer where we are seeing more people, yeah. uh, newer people. We've been seeing yeah. a lot of new patients. Yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah, yeah. looking forward to that. Um, all right. Thanks for coming to chat with me. Thanks for having me.
Thank you.